Hello and welcome to this episode of the Scare Trap Podcast. My name is Mikey, and today we have a fantastic whole host of whoa, topics we're whoa, going hold to. Up. Hey, hold on. Did you say Scare what? Trap? Yeah, it's a Scare Trap Podcast. No, no, no. You, he's taken over already, Ryan. Oh. I thought you wanted me to come on and, and do like Scare Trap with you guys. No, no, no. Guest host on the Theme Park Loopy podcast. It's not a takeover. Mm. Guest, ah, guest host, not takeover. Right. Okay, all right. Put me in my place, okay. That's fine. Yeah, know your place. Right, <laughs> Ryan, should we do this properly? Yeah, let's do this properly. Take it away. Where hinges creak in doorless chambers... Where strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls. This is the Theme Park Loopy Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Theme Park Loopy podcast. We've been away for, I don't know, a number of months. I think the last episode was back in June. You might have noticed that we have got a guest host who is Mikey from ScareTrack. How are you doing, Mikey? I'm really good. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. I've been looking forward to this. So um, yeah, a bit of a boring Christmas in January, but uh, let's talk theme parks. Yeah, and you're going to be stepping in while uh, Sam is away in America, working hard. He's been there for, I think, about five months now. So um, I hope you've, you know, you've got some big boots to fill, I think. I have, I have. Um, Yeah, well, I've been doing my research. Uh, I'm honoured that you guys asked me on to be a guest host. So, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to, uh, to get onto it. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Mikey. And we've also got Brett as well, Theme Parks by Brett. How are you doing, Brett? Hi, it's good to be back, isn't it? I can't believe it's... Did you say June? That's really, really long. Yeah, it was June, the, the last episode. I think we did <sighs> record another episode, but I kind of messed it up, and I think I've accidentally deleted it. So, <laughs> so what, what episode was that? <laughs> <laughs> um, it was the episode that we did with the, the, the kind person who joined us to talk about a certain attraction and other attractions, and then I've messed up the episode and accidentally deleted it so we'll have to invite that person back that person has been waiting every single day for you to release that episode (laughs) oh my god (laughs) oh if she's listening i'm so sorry i completely forgot about that ryan (laughs) yeah if if you are that person i'm really sorry um i messed up uh i hold my hands up but the good news is you get to come back and we'll have another fantastic conversation so don't worry about it Right, so today uh, we've got a complete bumper episode. Um, we've been away so long, we've just got so much to talk about. We, we could be here for days, but we've just decided to talk about a few key topics. So we're going to kick off with talking about the new coaster coming to Flamingoland, which we believe will be called Inversion. I think Flamingoland have pretty much confirmed that now. We're also going to talk briefly about the future of Drayton Manor, And then we'll get to the main topic, which is about the Nemesis retract. What do we think? Do we think the ride will be any better? Maybe worse? Maybe it's not going to have the roar anymore? Potentially, is it going to get a bit of a bit of a re-theme, a bit of a spruce up on the theme? And then right at the end, we're also going to answer some of your questions. So how does that sound? Does that sound all right for topics? Sounds blooming good to me. 
Can't wait. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. Sounds good. Brilliant. Okay, so kick it off then. So, Inversion at Flamingoland. This is a 10 looping coaster by Intamin. It's a more modern version of Colossus, I guess, at Fort Park. The best feature of it is it's going to have lap bars and overhead restraints because even though I do enjoy riding Colossus, one of the things that I hate about it is the trains and the overhead restraints and it's just incredibly uncomfortable to get into. I have a feeling that this ride is going to be much more comfortable. Also, it's an updated track, so it's probably going to be a little bit smoother maybe. The only problem is, when I don't think we're going to get a great deal of theming. I think when we went to Flamingoland, we spied that there was going to be a bit of a bit of a pond, maybe towards the end. Um, Ooh, so, a pond, <laughs> lovely pond, a themed pond, maybe, maybe you know, maybe you could have like a, a zebra in the middle of it or or something like that, but probably not because that's probably you know a health and safety problem. So, um, Mikey, what do you think about that? Is that something that sounds good to you? Are you gonna head over to Flamingo Land straight away in the summer? Um, yeah, I'm. I'm quite looking forward to it. To be fair, um, I'll be honest. I've only ever been to Flamingo Land once. Um, a few years ago, just before uh the pandemic, really. Um, and I was pleasantly surprised by it. Um, Hero is as vile as everyone says. I'm not just saying that to to fit in with the crowd. I hated um Hero, but overall, I was really quite impressed with the park. Um, I really liked um Kimali. Um, Mumbo Jumbo was fun. Uh, the drop tower was great. Um. And they had good food. It was quite quiet, so we walked on everything. I was well impressed with the zoo. Uh, really enjoyed that. So overall, I thought it was a, a decent day out. And, you know, any new investment, whether it be big, whether it be small, has always got to be, you know, positive. And to have a big coaster, like, as we're calling it, and they've sort of um, semi-confirmed it in version, um, you know, I'm quite a fan of Colossus. It is just the trains that are horrible. I feel like, I mean, I'm six foot one, so I'm tall-ish, and I've got size 12 feet and i just i feel like i can never actually put my feet on the ground of the car they always either have to be crossed or like on my tiptoes and it's just beyond beyond awkward which takes away from the actual ride and, and the ride's decent you know 10 inversions some great different types of inversions in there um so it's it's a fun ride it's just the you know it's just the train that ruins it so i'm hoping the fact that it's a brand new type of train uh you know a a more updated track it's lap bars only um i'm all for it i'm hoping it's going to be really cool i'm hoping the fact that this roller coaster has been sat in a car park for 10 years hasn't got any damage to it uh or anything that might have affected it in any way uh but yeah like mikey said this you know it's still a big coaster coming to the uk we should all be excited about it um they have reprofiled all of the track. Uh, it's not just the drop. Uh, the inversions have been slightly reprofiled as well. So hopefully we get a smoother ride regardless. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited. Those trains on Colossus are very uncomfortable. You are right, Mikey. They're, they're a bit of a nightmare. So hopefully lap bars will kind of free us up a little bit. It'll be really interesting to feel those five inline twists with just a lap bar. That'll be a completely different experience as to going on Colossus, I'd imagine. Yeah, I think it's going to be an incredibly unique experience having the lap bars on. I mean, on on Colossus, it does go through uh, very, very slowly. And I, I wonder if actually on this ride, it's going to be a little bit speedier through those kind of heartline twists. 
So um, I guess we'll have to see, but it's going to be incredibly fun. And just probably just like on Icon when you go through that single twist, but it's actually going to be a number of them. <laughs> so let's hope that um, people don't take the phones on, because I think you're definitely going to lose your phone on, on that ride. So <laughs> knowing, uh, knowing the general public, it's possible that someone's going to take a phone on at some point. So we'll have to see what's going to happen. One thing that we've talked about is... It sounds like the uh, name of the ride is going to be Inversion, we think, because the park sent out an email to, uh, I think, some young members or something. I, I, I can't remember. And they called it Inversion. So I don't know if that is like a holding name, but we, we I think we've said for some time that we think they're going to call it Inversion. But just to get this in there before we actually see a logo, <laughs> we think that it should be called Inversion, but the I and the O should be... A 10 so i think we're just kind of copywriting that logo right now aren't we on the podcast so if we see that flamingo land we know that you listen to this podcast just saying yeah either that or we i don't know there's got to be some sort of rights involved somewhere uh free fast track involved something like that i, I, I you're welcome flamingo land just saying you're welcome and uh and we will be going down to flamingo land at some point um I think Sam is back at some point in the summer, so I think we're hoping that we'll do a trip over to Flamingo Land, uh, and hopefully we'll record a a live episode there. Um, Brett, have you have you been to Flamingo Land before? I have, yes. I actually spent eight days there straight in a caravan once. Okay, that's a long uh, time. <laughs> and did nothing but go to Flamingo Land for eight days. <laughs> this yeah. was before Mumbo Jumbo, though, so I I hadn't been on that yet. Still. Yeah, it feels like that could be like a book or something, like eight days at Flamingo. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the same chapter over and over again, eight times. But, but right, okay. So how did this work then? So on the first day, did you just basically clock every ride, do it as many times? Or did you think, I'm here for eight days. I'm going to spread this out. I'm going to do a, a zone at a time, maybe leave the zoo until the end or something. You know, what was your strategy for eight days at Flamingo Land? I, I literally just went around the park constantly doing as many rides as possible for eight days straight. Sounds good. Uh, the the zoo is, like Mikey said though, really good. The the zoo is, is well worth visiting if you go to um if you go to Flamingo Land. Uh whilst we are talking about Flamingo Land, uh Flip Flop looks like it might be renovated and reopened again, which is nice. They're painting it currently. Uh and I'm quite excited about that. It's a it's a Fabry swing ride, I believe, but it's it's really good. I, I quite enjoy flip flop actually. Yeah, it's it's a, it is a good one, flip flop. I, I I was like pleasantly surprised, but I thought it's just another sort of a gyro swing star ride, but it's it's quite high, quite intense. So yeah, I loved it. Yeah, it's definitely up there with um, uh, what is it, Maelstrom at Drayton Manor as well. I think Maelstrom's quite a good one. Yeah, I I think actually it's it's a lot better than the Maelstrom. Probably everyone's going to disagree with me. Um, the only thing I would say is um, I've, I've not actually been on it since they took quite a number of seats out and I think that added to the weight of it and I think that's why it was quite intense because it was quite heavy. I think it's that point of inertia that you get to when it kind of swings upwards and then you get that inertia and that initial drop. It's it's quite intense. So I wonder if it is as intense as it, as it used to be but I'm sure it's still pretty good and uh, when the fountains are working either side, it, it's pretty fun. You know, it's quite a fun area, I think, where that is. You know, they have all the 
kids' fountains and stuff like that. So, and it's a bit was up for sale, wasn't it? So I'm 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 pleasantly surprised that they're going to be keeping it. You know, so that's a plus point. Have we ever confirmed as to why Flamingo Land cut seats off all their rides? So, well, with with the Fabry Top Swing, I think it's. I think it's just because of the weight and I think it was putting quite a lot of strain on the machinery and I think it was to basically extend the life of the ride. So that's why I was surprised when they put it up for sale because I thought the whole point of taking the seats off was to extend the life of it. Either that or Flamingo Land was social distancing before it was cool. Yes, that's very possible. <laughs> I mean, do you know what I mean? They saw it coming. Let's take the seats off. <laughs> they they did the same with their um, uh, with their star flyer. Was it called pterodactyl? It used to be kind of near the entrance. Uh, they they cut a load of seats off that as well. They they took every other section of the of the seats off. Uh, yeah, they did. I I noticed that. I just said, yeah, last time we went, I was I was thinking there's there's less seats now, but I think that could be a safety thing because it does really move when you're up there, and and maybe there is. But I mean, there's so many so many rides that are so similar that are perfectly fine i mean i can only think that you know because it's in yorkshire and you know it can get windy it is quite exposed is flamingo land because it is a very flat area um of yorkshire so i can imagine the wind whipping in and maybe being a problem you know, that's the only reason i can think of or people are getting fatter do you know what i'm saying those giant people are getting people are getting fatter they're like these people like we want to get them on but you know they're getting like i've had to do it in my train ride at uh, work we have a little uh, foul gas train ride it's now one adult per carriage why because you're too big mate that's why you can't both go on so um yeah a bit rude but um yeah that's it might be true. you never know you never know i mean same with uh, the uh spin ball and dragon's fury on wet days you can only have three people on it because you're too, you know, too much weight. Oh, you never yeah. know. And on um, Spinball at Alton Towers, they've recently just been putting two people on, but I think that's just a social distancing thing. But then I never yeah. really understood the point in that because you're actually literally facing opposite directions. So if if there was a ride made for social distancing, it probably would be Spinball because he's facing opposite ways, maybe. Hmm. Yeah, you'd think so, wouldn't you? You wouldn't yeah. want to spin into a sneeze, though, would you? <laughs> I wouldn't want to do that before a pandemic, though, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. See, there's a lot of things that you maybe could have got away with before that now people are going to be super, super like on top of you about and probably sneezing yeah. on spinball. Is probably My friends no longer like it when I spit in their mouths. They just don't like it anymore. Speak for yourself. <laughs> sorry, sorry. It's you can cut that, that out. Sorry. Okay. All right. So moving on then. The haunting dark ride, which is then next to a, a woman with really big boobs on the barrels. Do you know what I mean? What's that annoying sound? Let's talk about the future of Drayton Manor. Drayton Manor's got a lot of potential. Um, you know, I've always enjoyed a visit there. Thomas Land is fantastic. I love it. Uh, the zoo area, I don't know if that's still open anymore, but they had a zoo area that was incredible. I mean, we're talking about Flamingo Land having a really good zoo. I mean, Drayton Manor, I'm not that convinced that it's as good as a zoo. I don't even know if it is really a zoo. Is it a zoo? 
but it wasn't it wasn't that great zoo at it, Drayton Manor. Yeah, the zoo seems to very much now be an afterthought, in my opinion. Um, it's 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 okay, but it's one of those like I I feel that Flamingo Land. Say if you took all the all the rides away and it was just Flamingo Land Zoo, you'd think that was a, that was a decent zoo. I've had a good day out at the zoo. It's quite pretty. It's quite good. It's all looked after. A decent array of animals. Um, but I feel that if you did the exact same thing with Drayton Manor and it was just the zoo, you'd think, eh, wasn't the best zoo, was it? You know, it's they've got some good bits, but um, I do feel that the same with the rest of the park. It's I feel that the rest of the park started to get forgotten about since thomas land became their cash cow basically I, I, more recently this last year with shockwave and and the wave swing and stuff it, you know let's take this last year out um but luckily the loopings group have bought out, bought it and they've got lots of new plans and things like that but pre pre uh the buyout i do feel like the rest of the park and the zoo was just getting forgotten about because thomas land was their big money maker really yeah, I haven't been to Drayton Manor in quite some time. Um, and I think you're right. I think Thomas Land kind of became their sole focus and things got a little bit um, kind of forgotten around the rest of the park. It's very clear that obviously the looping group that now own it are, are trying to make the park look better. And it looks as if they're going down a more family-orientated um, route as well. Fingers crossed that they... Well, they look like they're trying to keep Shockwave because they've just obviously done uh, done some nice refurbishments to the station and stuff. But hopefully uh, we don't lose, because we've already lost G-Force, which wasn't the biggest loss in the world. That's fine. Um, there's rumours that Apocalypse is up for sale. We've just lost Pandemonium. So hopefully we do still keep some thrill attractions in the park to keep you know us older people going back to the park yeah i know I, I think when i see on either forums on twitter and people discussing it and stuff they're like and that people have said it with a few parks i know like like water valley are trying to look more a um a family friendly sort of atmosphere but personally i just think it's silly you just you're, you're basically cutting out part of the market that you can reach out to like if you have big coasters big drop towers you know you have a if you say they still had g-force and say they put in another big coaster and they've got apocalypse they've got shockwave they've still got thomas land like kids and families are still going to come for thomas land like orton towers people still come with kids and go just to see bb's whilst we'll go to exeter forbidden valley and dark forest europa park have huge sections which are dedicated just for you know preschool kids but then they also have Silver Star and um, a Woden. Like, I, I don't understand why parks sometimes think we're going to go down solely the family-friendly route because families are going to come to Thomas Land anyway. It doesn't matter that, you know, 100 yards up the road, you've got a big, massive roller coaster. It just means that you're going to get more customers. So I, I always think when parks do that... Uh, I, I, I guess they they know more than me. They know better than me. They might think it's a good idea, but I also think that they're just they're just you know giving away a slice of the pie then, and they're only really able to market for a select a select target market. The other thing is with families is okay. There are always young families, um, so I, I get the hole in my theory here. But families grow up. 
those kids that went to Thomas Land and, you know, the kids that go to just CBeebies Land will eventually go on the Royal Mine Train, will eventually go on the Smiler. Uh, so I think keeping it a little bit more open, like you said, you know, and having the choice of going on Shockwave stuff and having the choice to eventually build up that, you know, your 12, 13-year-old is now brave enough to go on Apocalypse, I think is great. It's a nice, well-rounded, full attraction then. Yeah, definitely. And that, But if they're not too careful and they say they do sell Apocalypse, um, I mean, myself and Hannah, we'd like to do lots of theme parks in the UK throughout the year. We will now start thinking, well, they haven't got Pandemonium anymore. G-Force is gone. It's not worth the entr- entry price for us, which is a shame because as kids, we loved it. And, you know, I mean, that's why places, I think that places like, you know, American Adventure and, and Camelot, they're, they're not here anymore because they also, I know they had a few thrill rides, but they were very family friendly. And like you say, Brett, families grow up. Like me and my mom will still go to Orton Towers because they've got bigger rides that we'll go on. We're not going to go into CBB's land, but as a kid, she used to take me on River Bankai Spy. You sort of like, people can grow up with theme parks and that's the whole joy of a well-rounded theme park is you can remember as a kid, you used to go on this small ride, then you worked your way up to the log flume and now you're going on Nemesis. You know, it's, it, it to me, it seems silly to cut, cut people off and go right are you are you are you a teenager now eh, you're not going to really like this park we'll stick to kids it just doesn't quite make sense to me yeah and Drayton Manor is also home to what I think is potentially the best uh, pirate ship I think the bounty really enjoy that oh, pirate ship it's yeah. definitely better than the blade I mean <laughs> The bounty just feels absolutely massive. And speaking of pirates, I, I really miss Pirates Adventure. That was... What? What's that? An... Ryan, what's that annoying sound? I don't know. That's really annoying. What is it? I don't know. Where's it coming from? Is that on your end? I'm... Yeah. Just... I can hear it, but I don't know where it's from. Yeah, just wait a minute. Let me just... Hi, Ryan. So um, I thought I would go ahead and just quickly stop on in here i don't know what's going on with this new guest host that started doing the show but you know what i thought i'd chime in really quickly with some of my thoughts um i'm so sorry i can't be there right now i've been busy out in the u.s i've been in the u.s now for the last uh, five and a half months working away so i'm very 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 sorry that um i've been vacant from the podcast but i'll be back home very soon and be cracking on but until then, um, I thought I'd give my two cents on my feelings about the topics today. So, first of all, Drayton Manor, what I would love to see coming to the park in the future. Personally, I think what they need to do is, for the harbour area, they need to get rid of the, uh, the, 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 the whole area where the pirate ride was. I can't remember the name of it, where the castle was. Um, and I think they can use that space wisely. I think um, in an ideal sandbox situation, that... Uh, a family wooden roller coaster would be perfect. Now, I know obviously you're, you've got issues with space and such, but I genuinely think it would fit the market for what they're looking for so good and would bring something totally new and fresh uh, to the park and make them stand out as an as a independent park because, let's get real, Drayton Manor has been suffering for the last few years and, you know, with Thomas Land being amazing, they've got such a young market, so I think it would be a perfect opportunity to bring some of the youngsters into uh, their first roller coasters and I think having a Woody there, which we don't have too much of in the UK, uh, would be perfect. 
actually, that's a pretty good point. Sam's just said about a, a wooden coaster. Haven't Drayton Manor just recently started teasing some sort of Viking theme? Yeah, I, th- I think they have actually. Um, but um, yeah, well, it's good to hear from Sam. I hope he's having a, a good time over in America and thinking about Drayton Manor. But yeah, definitely a good point. And a Viking themed wooden roller coaster would definitely be pretty good, I'd imagine. You know, thinking about all those kind of well, I suppose, I suppose in a way, Wickerman is—it's almost a Viking theme. I mean, it's obviously more—it's not a Viking theme, but you could imagine it being a Viking theme with the fire and the smells and the smoke and everything. Yeah, maybe, maybe it could happen. But you know, did the Drayton Manor ever? Do they have the kind of budget? Do you think to maybe put in a wooden coaster around that area? It's one of them, isn't it? I mean, I'm. I'm hoping so. I'm, I'm hoping. I mean, even if it's not a, a big one, if it is just a a smaller family GCI or something, um, there's definitely scope there. And I think as well now that you mentioned Wickerman, Wickerman has been such a success in the UK. I think it's made other parks go. Oh, the UK mark the UK audience. They do like. Um, they do like wooden coasters because that was merlin's concern for 20 odd years they're like oh you know the british public don't like uh wooden coasters and it and it's you know what i thought they were just being silly really but it's true every time i take my non-enthusiast friends to uh, blackpool pleasure beach for example or if i just discuss it with people at work they're like oh they're the old wooden ones they're rickety they're old they're painful and blah 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 and um Whereas the rest of the world and Europe and whatnot have got amazing, beautiful sort of wooden coasters. So, um, and, you know, I don't know the financial situation of the Loopings Group, but I know that they, you know, year one, they were like, boom, new land. Let's do this to Shockwave. Let's reopen the Rapids, which, of course, is a controversial decision anyway. Um, So, hopefully, it just means better things for, you know, for Drayton Manor. Um, The fact that they've got... um, actual lands again is nice you know because like i say other than um other than um thomas land the rest of the park it's kind of a real big mishmash really you've got a a cowboy shootout next to a uh like a, a dark ride like a, a the haunting dark ride which is then next to a, a woman with really big boobs on the barrels do you know what i mean oh yeah i forgot about that and that's right across from Apocalypse. Yeah, right across from Apocalypse, yeah. which is next door to the colourful pandemonium and next to some... Uh, then they have the sort of the uh, the other wave slinger sort of thing there. It's just very hickledy-pickledy. Am I, am I right in remembering this happening maybe more than 10 years ago when Ben 10... Well, it probably wasn't more than 10 years ago, but when Ben 10 came in, I'm sure there was a plan to have a whole cartoon network area. Did did yeah, I dream that? I've or... definitely heard of that. Yeah, you're you're not wrong. I'm sure I've heard that. I think they did call it Cartoon Network Street for maybe a couple of years whilst they had Ben Ten because they had I don't know if it's still there the uh, big uh, Ferris wheel. They painted it black and white as in the Cartoon Network logo. So I might be wrong, but I'm pretty certain it was called Cartoon Network Street or something like that for a couple of years. Is Cartoon Network still a thing? That feels old now. I don't know, really. I think, yeah. I think it is. I assume so, right? Yeah, I, I would say so. Um, mm. The problem is, I don't know if it is a brand that people would necessarily care about in the UK, maybe. 
I mean, you could argue that with, you know, Nickelodeon, but they do have some, you know, the IPs that Nickelodeon have, you know, like SpongeBob SquarePants and things like that. You know, you could argue that Nickelodeon as a brand is less well-known than some of the IPs that they actually have, you know, potentially like Rugrats and things like that. Yeah, it. I would say with Cartoon Network, it seemed, if they did have that or if they're, you know, like with uh, Ben 10 and whatnot, that seemed a bit silly when you've got such a huge IP around the corner of Thomasland. It's like, it's trying to, it, again, it's pointing at the same younger audience, but it's like, these are Cartoon Network you might not know as well as Thomasland. But then again, again, Ben 10 was very popular. So you, very similar to Nickelodeon land, the actual IPs within the land are stronger than the, the network they're on. Maybe the family boomerang should have actually been part of Thomas Land, and the whole theme could have been that Thomas he, he huffs and he puffs and he tries to get all the way up the hill, but he can't quite hold on, and then he lets go, and then it all kind of goes crazy. You know, maybe that could have been uh, that could have been part of the fun. Maybe I, don't I know. like. I think you need to work for the park. That's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect, isn't it? All right, so let's move on to our main topic, which is talking about the Nemesis retrack. As part of this retrack, they're going to retrack, uh, by the looks of it, all the track, apart from the lift hill and the station, from what I can tell. They're going to replace most of the footers and the supports. They're going to potentially spruce up the station and, and some other areas and some aspects of theming. From what I'm hearing, because the new track is slightly different, that we're not going to get the same raw that we would have got before. And also it's a little bit louder now because it's older as well. So this retrack, positive news because it means that, you know, the Nemesis is going to live on maybe another, you know, 30 years. You know, who who, who knows? Uh, at the moment, I think... Uh, they're aiming to have have it done by 2024 I think unlike the Pepsi Max big one or the big one it's not sponsored by Pepsi Max anymore anyway free plug Pepsi feel free to send us Pepsi um, they're not going to do it bit by bit it looks like they're going to just do it all in one go so what do you guys think about the Nemesis retrack I am delighted for the Nemesis retrack, uh, I had an inkling they were going to do this, um, so I've kind of been expecting it for a while. Uh, anyone that knows me knows how much I love Nemesis, and that the wall I'm currently looking at is covered in uh, Nemesis merch, including a giant Nemesis logo neon sign. So, so, so yeah, I'm very happy that this means that we'll have. Plenty more years of Nemesis. And if that means not having the raw with this new sand-filled track, then then I'm fine with it. I, I, I think we've seen Nemesis have quite a lot of downtime last year, uh, which got a little bit worrying. So it's very nice to see that, that Alton Towers recognised its significance as a ride. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree with you, Brett. The f- I mean... Nemesis is Orton Towers and Orton Towers is Nemesis. You know, I think uh, even though, um, you know, Oblivion is a staple and uh, even Air Galactica, you know, they've been there so long and they're they're proper big, you know, SWs. Um, 
I think you could easily get rid of those ones and people wouldn't be half as bothered as if you got rid of Nemesis. So um, the fact that the park know it's a it's you know it's something they need to keep and people want to keep riding it even though you know it often has shorter queues it really does compared to the other rides um it's still popular it's still you know on all the uh, the pos and it's on adverts and things like that so they know it's a it's a popular and big big ride a staple of towers so it's great that they're gonna go throw a load of cash at it and and give it this retrack in one big go. Uh, it's a bit like the Hulk, isn't it? At, um, you know, at, um, Islands of Adventure. Um, the con- the I don't want to say concerning thing, but it, it, it's one of those. It's if it's going to follow the same path, it's going to be a pretty much similar ride. Your your general sort of theme park goer that will go once or twice a year probably won't see much of a difference. Uh, but we we can see a difference between row one to row eight in the morning to the evening with sunny with rain you know we we notice those differences so i'm quite excited about how different it might be to be fair i i've i love nemesis but i've ridden it hundreds and hundreds of times so let's see what it was like opening day let's let's see how much smoother it might be i'm I'm quite excited for it the question is is it going to be a new credit or not is it the same credit? Is it a new one? Oh, that's a good point. Now, I'm not a big, like, credit counter, uh, so I don't know if I care too much, but uh, technically the whole track isn't being replaced, so does it not count then? Because it's not a complete new track? It's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Like, I don't know. I mean... One, we'll have to see what all the apps say. If they say it's another cred or whatnot, obviously there'll be there'll be uh, people arguing for and against. It's a bit like when I count. So I've got my cred count of coasters. It's a hundred and something. Um, but I also do my uh, scare maze count, which is 490 something like that. Um, but I count some mazes do return, but they change lots. So I kind of say if it's changed more than, say, 80%, of a maze and very few mazes do this but if like 80% of it or 75% of it if at least most of it is very very different to the previous year surely that counts as near enough a new attraction because only two rooms are the same or three rooms are the same whereas in this with Nemesis as a coaster I mean everything's going to be different except for you know the lift hill and the, the, um, the station so I don't know, it might class as a new credit, I guess. I'm not sure. So how do, um, say, I'm trying to think of a, an example off the top of my head. Uh, the Hulk, for instance, that got retracked. Do we now count that as a new cred? Or, uh, you know, Mantis mm. got changed to Rougarou in Cedar Point. Did, is that a new cred because it had a different train? See, in, in my opinion, Hulk doesn't count as a new credit because they've replaced a lot of it but it's still the Hulk if they replaced it changed a bit of the theming called it the Hulk Reloaded or something I think that would be a new credit so unless it comes back as Nemesis the Revenge or something (laughs) then I don't think it's actually going to be a new credit I don't think although I'm sure a lot of people will claim it as one now you've said bring it back as Nemesis the Revenge or something I had an idea the other day um, and and I 
think it would be really nice to one bring the old logo back because that is far superior to any logo any time afterwards it, it's you you can't beat the original nemesis logo ever um oh, hold on is is that annoying noise back again is that mikey is that you this time or uh it's not me but um oh. i can i can definitely hear something it's That's sam ringing sam. us again oh. right let me see what he's got to say um, the Nemesis retracking news is fantastic. I mean, not that, that I mean that that ride has aged absolutely. Of course, it has. It's a very old ride now, but I think this will bring a whole new life to the ride. It will make it even more smoother than it already is. Uh, obviously, being a B and M. And I reckon also with that, they can look at refreshing the ride, re refreshing the story, bringing new lights to it, maybe maybe rebrand it as like a, a Nemesis sequel or something uh, really cool with that refreshing. But I think it will be a fantastic thing for the park. Um, I also wanted to touch on the topic of things that I'd like to see at Alton Towers and general upkeep of the park. I think one thing that was really, really popular um, from the last couple of years has been when they've, they've lit up the gardens at night right they did it for halloween and for um for the christmas season and i think actually they can start doing that more in the summer if they were to extend some of the park hours in the summer uh, so you guests can explore the park at night because we all know it's a it's a park changes its complete vibe uh, when the sun goes down with the lights going up and i think during the summer it'll be a perfect opportunity to kind of resell the park as a bit of a nighttime destination or even as a part of a package for hotel guests that would be fan fantastic if you think about it like guests could come along stay in the hotel and then enter the park for some extra magic nighttime hours that would just be awesome so i think for towers that would be a fantastic opportunity to bring back that kind of nighttime garden walk and maybe open some of their rides there um they, uh, whether they listen to the podcast who knows because we all talked about the garden center uh, and and it being such a weird british thing to have a to have a garden center and, and we talked about the idea of having a garden center inside the gardens and lo and behold that happens so maybe maybe they could open up the uh the the um, uh, the, the the gardens at night time for, for some of the guests um, but very exciting stuff I've got to say um, I can't remember if there's anything else that you want me to touch on but they're my two cents at least for the moment uh, I'm sorry again that I can't be there um, Brett I miss you Ryan I miss you as well um, I'll be back home before you know it and be cracking on with the podcast but until then I'm sure you're in very capable hands uh, but don't get too comfortable. That's what I'm going to say. Don't get, don't get too comfortable because I'll be back before you know it. Uh, I'm doing the podcast. But until then, boys, take care. Lots of love. Keep riding those coasters and I'll be back home very, very soon. Uh, yeah. And I'll see you all very, very soon, everyone. Okay. Take care. Um, and co the Coaster Sam blog is going to be coming back. Obviously, I've been really busy out here in the US. So I haven't had really any time or any opportunity to, to start uh, putting up those pictures and doing the trivias and all that kind of crazy stuff but that will be coming back once i have a bit more time to kind of keep it going so coaster sam hasn't completely gone away uh, it will be coming back but in a moment once when i have a moment to breathe and a moment to to get home but i'll be very i'll be back home very very soon and i look forward to carrying on with the podcast then but until then take care boys and i'll see you real soon bye Oh, I miss I miss Sam. He's not missing you though, Mikey. 
I know, right? He's, he's just scared that I'm going to take his job. But um, no, those uh, those shoes are too big to fill. Um, I, I couldn't fill them. But I'm, get, I'm getting know. quite he comfy. I do size, like it. He had size 12 feet earlier, so... True, know. true. And you know what you say about guys with big feet? They big fill socks. Sam's shoes. No? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's great. Um, so what, what do you think about Sam's views there? Do you agree, disagree? Yeah, I I actually think he's bang on about the things he said about... I mean, we all want longer hours at Alton Towers. It is currently the worst theme park operating hours in the world. Um, so definitely longer hours would be amazing. I don't expect that to happen. Uh, but hopefully they, they uh, like, you know, like the garden centre, they they hear our thoughts and and... And and before you know it, nine PM is just the 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 four PM. Yeah, I, and I I think they're don't get me wrong in in off peak season, uh, you know, a ten till four is diabolical. That's that's really bad in my opinion. But um, when uh, at least you know a ten till five isn't too bad. That's very similar to other theme parks in the UK. But I do feel with their events they're opening later more often now whereas before it was literally just the two two weeks of scarefest and that's it um now you've got octoberfest open a little bit later um mardi gras did they open a little bit later on maybe the peak days of mardi gras um so so i think they're on the right track um the problem is with those events though is the lack of consistency i i feel um in fairness scarefest is quite decent overall and uh and uh, Oktoberfest, they did have, you know, the similar entertainment each day. Um, but things like you know, um, Mardi Gras, for example, I mean, on Saturday and Sundays, they've got about 50 Ents team out. Uh, and on a random Wednesday when we went, they, I saw two, you know. And don't get me wrong, I understand budgets. I understand labour. I know that on quieter days, you'll need less staff doing... Uh, you'll need less staff in the burger kitchen. You need less staff uh, operating uh, certain rides because you can get away with one train, etc. Whereas if they're selling an actual event, like a festival, an experience, I do think it's a bit cheeky to give people a lesser experience just because you can go on a quieter day. Um, but sorry, I, I did spiral out of control a little bit there. But... um. But I totally agree with like yeah longer opening times, uh, things in the garden, the fact that they're utilising those a lot more, and I think that's because of of COVID as well. I mean they want people to spread out that bit more. Uh, they want to re- people to remember they're there, uh, and before the the theme park even reopened, when it was closed in the you know twenty twenty during the pandemic they did their garden only days, which turned out to be quite popular. It was quite enjoyable as well. So yeah, I think over the last couple of seasons and moving forwards they're heading in the a better direction than they were you know the previous sort of last five or six years one question though are we going to see a permanent return of the blood red river do we think that is going to be refreshed and come back now that's something that i would love to see as everyone would i don't know the reason it was stopped was because of uh, environmental issues um however if they are going to significant lengths to uh you know refresh all the footers and everything that means that they will have the means to potentially lay new um parts of the the pools of water so therefore could potentially i 
I don't really know how it works. Um, we haven't seen that in the plans. Um, and I feel like with it previously being an environmental issue, that would have been in the plans as a significant um, part of the uh, the planning permission. See, here's what I think with the with the whole Nemesis thing and whatnot and the retrack. Um, I spoke to a few people about this and seen other people talk about it. It depends on what they're actually going to, how they're going to seize the opportunity of a retrack. They could just put a new track in and that's it. Like literally, uh, it's closed for a little bit earlier. Uh, it closes earlier in the season and opens later the next season. They could just put a brand new track in because it's a necessary need to do that. You know, again with my work, I have to do things. I I have to replace all the wheels and the track of my little train ride. This is very very different. I know, um, but I'm not going. I haven't shouted about it because it doesn't really make much of a difference. It's still the same track in the same place with the same kind of experience so they could do that or they could go the complete opposite way which is what i think they should really really seize the opportunity and push the hell out of this and go new track smoother more intense blah 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 it's all the same spec it'd still be 4.5 g's yada 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 yada. um but then if you are going to potentially bring back the old logo or or have a another new one or um you know, track color is a, is a good discussion. Are they going to have a completely new colored track? Are they going to replace what they've just, what they already have? But also then new theming elements. And I know I have gone in a big long round circle to get to this, but when it comes to the blood red water, the whole point of them not being able to do that is, I think it's because it's, you know, it's bad for the environment. It corrodes um, part of the ride because it's all in that valley. And there was just too many issues that, you know, it went from red water to normal water to now very often zero water whatsoever. Theming elements could be added. Like I say, if they're going to seize the opportunity, make it a big deal, you can get, red water features dotted around and i think that will sort of add again extra theming forbidden valley is pretty well coolly themed up in that area anyway um you know why not add a few water features with the actual red water because then it's a it's just a it's just like having a big water feature in your back garden isn't it it's not going to affect the ride it's not going to affect the environment it's just a man-made water feature it feels like such a good merchandising opportunity, though, to have it. So hear me out, right? So they, so they have the Blood Red River. And just as a little tangent, when I went to Niagara Falls, I noticed that they were selling little bottles of Niagara Falls water. Um, and I think it was actually coloured to, to look like it is at night when they put the, the lights on, etc. So you could just sell little bottles of Blood full, Red water. Full and, disclosure... I definitely filled up a bottle of water once. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Quite I don't. A few people I don't have it anymore. I think my mate took it home with him, and after about a year, it 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 was like nearly just clear, stale water again. Anyway, um, but again, actually, yeah, little vials of blood, you know, with the logo on them or something, would be quite a cool little thing that you could just, even though it's maybe not even the water or anything, it would just be quite a cool. Uh, merchandising point which which brings yeah. me around to the thing i was saying before uh, uh, sam uh, called us back up i think in terms of if they were to bring back the old logo or if they were to do something with that um i would love to see them actually go back to the 90s on it all 
uh, and actually rebrand it as Nemesis 94. Uh, I think that would be really smart. It would be a nice retro thing. It would look great on merchandise. Yeah, that sounds quite nice, actually. And and it is something that they, I mean, with the twenty first birthday, they did uh, some twenty one uh, merch, which was pretty cool. Um, when it was, um, they had uh, um, John Wardley come to celebrate its its birthday as well. Um, I think it was his twenty fifth. Um, so they do like to do these things with Nemesis. So it'd be a shame to think if it's going to have a full retrack, it'd be a shame if they don't do things like you know bring it back to the nineties, have the old logo, do the old cans of cola that they used to do. They have a comic. Um, just bring it. This is this is something that they could really cash in on because they're going to have to spend the money anyway. Don't just do it like a, just a simple right replace the track there you go i had to do it proper make some money off, off it make an event make a big deal of it and then it's it's not a new ride but it's a new attraction in a way yeah it brings back that retro thing that people kind of want now people want to go back to the, the to the 80s and 90s now it's it's a it's a very popular thing to kind of go back to that retro era also there could be a bit of a bit more of a story to it you know why you ride on the ride you know go i think the original idea was that you were attacking the the creature you know the nemesis um but they have the is it the mushroom cloud tour bus don't they is it mushroom cloud or mushroom tours uh mushroom cloud luxury tours mushroom luxury tour yeah so um what okay I'm, i'm not going there um, so, so you could have something where you could be on a mushroom crowd, uh, a mushroom cloud luxury tour, and um, you know that's why you know, and you could have, uh, you know, screens and stuff, and it could be part of the story. You know, at the moment it's a bit like, you know, you're just queuing up for it, but maybe they could have a bit more of a story to it, maybe, and maybe lean into some of those features, which you don't really see much of anymore. My my favorite part of nemesis is probably is that bus i absolutely adore that bus because someone went to extreme lengths to put mushroom cloud luxury bus tours on the side of a dennis domino bus and then flip it on its side uh but no one knows why they it's just i love that one guy painted that on the side of a bus with this incredible image in his head that people used to go on actual luxury bus tours to see this ancient burial site of an of an alien that was exiled to the planet earth and and all of that is just in that one logo it it doesn't exist anywhere else it's just brilliant to me i absolutely love it and this is this is why i'm i say semi obsessed fully obsessed with nemesis but that's that's how cool the sort of storytelling was wasn't it as well like it has so many layers and it can be especially with nemesis as well like i say they they did a comic they had the cola they had the merch and all that it's um it's a bit like it reminds me of traumatica at europa park and and anyone who does listen to scare track will tell me to shut up because i talk about this place all the time but um it's one of those things and similar with nemesis you can just go on the ride and go it's an alien cool I like the theme 
Or you could go, it's an alien from this planet and this happened and the track is holding it down. Or is the track the tentacles? Well, there's, there's conflicting stories. What could it be? They did tours here. They did this. Remember they had the, the Nemesis um, the Nemesis Eats or the Nemi... I can't remember what it was called now, but they had another bus um, that was like a, a food stand next to Nemesis, which was a bus as well. Um, and you can basically just be a general member of the public and go on it and go... That's the theme. Cool. I like it. Or you can be a mega geek and you can read into it. You can read into the backstory. You can look at the subplots. You can look at the the, the characters that played in the adverts and what they meant and the, the book in the advert and where that was. And you can either... Basically, you can be a mega nerd like me, uh, Brett and Ryan, or just go on it and have fun. I have, I have screenshotted that book to the highest quality possible and I have looked through it everything i even went to the uh i actually managed to talk to someone who was going to see john wardley later that week and asked i got him to ask john for me whether that book still existed from the advert uh and no we don't think it does we we don't know where it is but uh that's from john wardley himself he doesn't know where that what happened to that book because i was determined to try and find it yeah, and and you are you are the king of finding things on eBay, aren't you? So you never know. One day it might be categorized as something really weird and random on <laughs> on eBay. Well, to find it, maybe. Speaking of of selling things related to Nemesis, um, the the big ones just sold a few pieces of track, uh, which I also bought because I'm crazy. But do we think that maybe they would do that with Nemesis? Now they've seen the big one have quite a lot of publicity for it. I would buy some. I have five grand waiting in a bank account for it to happen. Just saying. Well, I, so, I can so. I can rob a bank got... <laughs> and get some as well. Do do Walton Towers sell ride parts? Because Pleasure Beach it's quite a big thing that they they sell ride parts. They uh, don't. Do... But right. recently, over the last year, they have started doing speciality items. They've started selling. Uh, old um, uniforms from the park, um, including a, an old Forbidden Valley jacket that the staff used to wear. So they have kind of clocked on to the market for it. They started then doing kind of uh, special items, like they sold 10 pieces of, of Rita's launch rope after it got replaced. So we are starting to see things. They are ridiculous money. Um even coming from a guy who just spent £450 on a piece of track of the big one. But even for me, that's a lot of money. Sorry, how much? Yeah, that's how much it was. Did you not see? I did. How much? Hang on, how big is a bit of track? It's it's like one and a bit metres wide. That's how wide the actual track is. And then it's about 60, 70 centimetres long piece of track. I don't know if you are an absolute legend... Or total nincompoop. Um, I, I'm going to go legend. I'm going to go legend. No, no, I, I'm I'm like seventy percent nincompoop, thirty percent legend. I think I haven't said nincompoop for about twelve years, so <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> to be but, fair, if if I had the room in my garden, there would either be a Valhalla boat or a piece of yes. the old uh, monorail in there, probably. Well, have you guys ever been to a Warsaw Scare Maze? Yes. Because they've got a um, oh, a swan got boat. The swans. Yeah. They've got a swan boat, but they've also this year got loads of old um, 
characters and theming from Pirate Adventure at Drayton Manor. Oh. And they've restored them and got them working and moving and everything. So, uh, yeah, go and check them out. Are they just out the back of the club? It's insane, right? This is... It's... Warsaw Scare Maze is literally in, like, a big garage behind the club. And in in front of that, they've created, like, a big facade, um, which has got lights and sounds and, and the moving characters. Wow. That's cool. That sounds... Yeah, it's pretty cool. A fair play. You can tell they're theme partners like us. So, um, but yeah, we're talking about like old ride parts and you know buying p- bits from parks and stuff. Um, if you want to see old stuff, check out Warsaw Scare Maze or Brett's back garden. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think Brett, when have you have you got the piece? Have you managed to get it yet? Has it been? Have you, are you getting it delivered or get put it on a flatbed? Or no, I, I I need to go pick it up. I actually went last week to go and pick it up, but. They had cornered my piece of track in the corner of the car park by all of the other bits of actual large pieces of track that are 30, 40 feet long. Right. So so they went, oh, okay, we'll get a forklift to come and help you. I went, how? <laughs> to which they then said, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I went, well, we can't, we can't lift it over the track, so how are we going to do this? He went, uh... I'll let us know when you're coming back and I'll get the engineers to try and move the track for you. Get a crane. I would have <laughs> thought that if they're going to sell it, that they would have it in a place. Yeah, you can't get I anywhere near it. Get. You have to climb over the track to get anywhere near it. I do love Blackpool Pleasure Beach with all my heart. I think at the moment it's my favourite UK park for, for you know the minute. But they sometimes couldn't organise a pee up in a brewery. <laughs> like, no. they did. I, I, you gotta love them, but sometimes you just gotta think, ah, Blackpool, you bunch of sausages, bless you. But then, you know, I still have the best days there, best events. Oktoberfest, my favourite one was Blackpool, you know, but, um, mm. uh, and I did all three, but it was, yeah, you, you've actually purchased something, not something cheap, mind, 450 quid, you've travelled. <laughs> miles to go and collect it and they've basically what they've done they've gone uh it's on a it's on the high shelf in the stock room so we can't get it today <laughs> i wouldn't mind but i did i went through many emails and phone calls to actually be able to organize a date where i could go and see it well at least you saw it so from a distance you saw your track you reassured it that it's going to a new forever home it will no longer be out in the cold and the rain. It will be a pride of place uh, as a, a coffee table. or Yeah, that's the plan, is to make it into a, a glass table, I think, is the plan. Yeah, well, there you go. So you can't really go wrong, really, can you? No. All right, well, um, let's start wrapping up on that bombshell. So um, before we finish, we've just got a couple of questions from our listeners I think as a bit of a new thing, what I'm going to do is uh, every now and then I'm going to go out and ask for questions. So if you follow us on Twitter or uh, Instagram or Facebook, every now and then I'll say, have you got any questions you might want to ask us? And what we'll do is we'll feature the best ones on the podcast. So the first question uh, from Lou 16 on Instagram, she's asked us, what ride still makes you feel nervous before riding? Oblivion always gets me, but only halfway up the lift hill. I forget I'm riding it, and then I realise where I am, and I panic a little bit. That and drop tower, just any drop tower. 
I, I was about to say the same thing. It's just drop towers. Like yeah. I can do the tallest coaster in the world. I can do um, flat rides nowadays. I'm getting old, and I for some reason get dizzy if they spin too much. Um, but I used to be fine. But yeah, anything that gets me nervous. Um, nothing really gets me nervous like a drop tower. I think I think it's because I can't breathe when I'm going down. I don't know why. Like I just does anyone else get that? Your, your breath just stops. I don't know if it's that. I, I I don't know what it is. You are you are a hundred percent right on drop towers though. I yeah. I just struggle so much to the point that I won't even go on them. I, yeah, a like lot of I'll, the time it's now. it's like if I've done it before, I'm like I'll skip it. But if it's if it's like a new park, I've got to do it, and I don't enjoy any part of it. So what about uh, what's it called? Is it called Falcon's Fury in in Bush Gardens? Yeah. Would you would you do that? I did that. Oh, you have. Yeah. Is that and the worst you, possible version of whatever? You know what? Actually, I would go on Falcon's Fury over Detonator. Oh. It's like I, I mean I don't know the height difference, but it's way 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 higher. Um, but the the difference being is again for me it's the whole not being able to breathing because you're in a um let's call it a an egg slash galactica position basically you're you're sat down but you're you're it's like you're flying because you're facing the floor it feels more like oblivion and i can breathe whereas in the normal sit down ones because it is your your belly goes up into your it, you know, your belly goes up into your throat. I feel like you can't breathe. So Falcon's Fury, although it was the tallest one I've ever done, it was actually, although it's pretty scary as you're going up, don't get me wrong, it was actually the easiest to come down on. Oh. But um, it's bloody good, though. It, it was good. For me, the, the only ride that I'm just thinking about when I've been nervous is probably... I go to Porto Ventura quite, quite a lot. And um, it's weird, actually. There's two rides at Port of Ventura that make me nervous over any any rides in in that I've been on in America and the UK. The first one is uh, Shambhala, which is it's it's pretty tall. It's a pretty tall coaster. But I think what makes me nervous is the clamshell restraints. I'm I'm not on board with the clamshell restraints. I feel like. I'm I'm not a hundred percent confident with them, <laughs> so they always make me feel a little bit nervous. And the drop is so steep that when you're in those clamshell restraints, you're just thinking, "Oh, okay, <laughs> this is going to be interesting." But of course, they never fail, uh, and it's a brilliant ride, is Shambhala. The second ride is Furious Baco, because Furious Baco has an incredibly intense launch, and and they have. What's quite good uh, that Furious Baco has, uh, as compared to like a ride like Stealth or Rita, for example, is that you get this really fun pre-show, and it's like a really silly pre-show, um, but it still <laughs> still makes you feel really nervous. And also, the theme of Furious Baco is wine. Which yeah, is, it's wine and so, monkeys, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that that's it. You know what? Mentioning that coaster, I, I liked the uh, the launch, but it's rough as hell, isn't it? That's I think it's scary because it's rough as hell. Yeah, I think that that you know you get that rattle uh, <laughs> as you're going around, 
it's it's bouncy it's bouncing but um you get that kind of fun section over the lake you know before you come into the station so i enjoy it but it's weird there's those two rides of port venture with it that make me a little bit bit nervous have you done any other any other hypercoasters no, I because when I went to uh, America, um, Mako, I think they were just about to do Mako. Right, um, right. So, so no, I haven't. Because um, no. I find, cause I've done um, Mako, Shambhala and Silverstar, uh, which all have clamshell, um, uh, obviously restraints and whatnot. But Shambhala is definitely the scariest because of how open you are with them as well. Because it's it's slightly different, isn't it? Whereas Mako and Silverstar and the other B and M um, hypers, it's just four in a row, so you feel a little bit more compact anyway. Whereas with um, Shambhala, it's sort of a two and a two, isn't it? So if you're on the edge seat, you've got no one to your left, no one to your right. You're literally just oh. on, and these seats are just to spike up, really, aren't they? It's just yeah. it's a stool, it's a posh stool. Um, you're, on, you're on a tray. You're on like a tray. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you do feel very alone. If you're on one of those, I think the first time I went on it, I was on one of those. So on the front part of the train, you're closer together. And if you're on the back yeah, part of the train, you, you're furthest apart. And you do you feel very alone. And yeah. I was kind of like looking over at, at my wife and I was thinking, you're very far away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Me and <laughs> Hannah were holding hands. We could just about reach each other. We're like... <laughs> But yeah, it's, it is a scary one. I do love Shambhala. I just want to point out that I really, really hope that that's how one of B&M pitched the clamshells and the seats. Oh, so I want it to feel like you're sat on a tray. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a just brilliant a conversation. And I want you to feel alone. No, nobody loves you. It's a weird one, but Shambhala's got a, a pretty uh, a pretty upbeat um, theme tune. I like the Shambhala theme tune. I can't really remember. I can't remember how it goes. It's like do 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 Shambhala do do Shambhala. It's like something like that. Oh. It's only a matter of time before you sang something, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I totally. I can't even remember. The only thing I would say about Port of Ventura that makes uh, Shambhala incredibly infuriating is that Port of Ventura are obsessed with the most boring cattle pen queue lines that you, that you can imagine and they're so close together and everyone's jumping over them and it's incredibly infuriating so if you ever go to port ventura don't go in the summer just don't go yeah. in the summer just don't do it and if you can just buy a fast pass like I'm not normally I'm not one to buy fast passes and things like that, but with Port Ventura, their operations aren't always amazing. Like you say, I think I uh, I would get in too many fights, too too many people um, uh, queue jumping. So if you can, and they have quite a good deal. It was a few years ago when I went. Now I think it was 2015, but I was there for three days. And I got a special three-day sort of gold sort of express sort of pass, which I can't remember the price. I'd be making it up now. I, can't, I literally can't remember it. But I do remember it being extremely good value for what it was. Um, so I didn't experience any of the queue jumping and the bad operations and such because, you know, there was only a few people in the fast pass queue. So um, obviously it's a luxury, but if you can, if you're going to do it at any park, I'd say Port Aventura is the park to do it. And the one thing that Port Aventura do do, which is really good that we don't do in the UK, is to do the, the nighttime. Uh, well, that's what Pleasure Beach do, I guess. But actually, they take it to the extreme because they keep up until midnight, one o'clock in the morning. 
uh, these kind of events are really, really good. I'd love to see Alton Tower open until one o'clock in the morning. Wouldn't that be really good? That would be epic. You know, that'd be great. Riding on Nemesis at one o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that'd be so cool. That needs to happen. Final question is from Top Tier Trips on Twitter, who says, love listening to your podcasts. Which new attraction are you most looking forward to in 2022? Starting with Mikey. Um, ooh, I don't know. Oh, that's tough. I don't know if you can call it new, but Valhalla Reimagined is quite exciting. Definitely. Can I call, can I say that's new? Yeah, I mean, I so. it's in fairness, the, the, let's, I'm going to be a little bit naughty and I know it's only my first day here, but uh, I'm going to be the new guy that gets it wrong. Um, but my, I'm gonna, my favorite park, my the thing I'm most looking forward to next year is Blackpool because of Valhalla and Enzo. Like I'm really excited to feel what Enzo is like on on Icon, and I want to see what they've done to Valhalla. We know nothing other than a poster, so um, yeah, Valhalla for me is the most exciting thing for next year. Yeah, and for those listening who doesn't know what the Enzo is, it's basically. Mac have designed uh, some seats that can rotate uh, while the ride is going around and, and I believe that the back row is going to have rotating seats. Um, although I seem to have lost track of the, the progress of it. I've not seen it in operation so you know I can't really say anymore. There was um, some talk that it was going to be an upcharge for going on the rotating seats but I don't think I've seen confirmation of that. So have you guys seen anything that I've missed on that one? that's everything we know uh as far as i know i looked into it today um there's been a new um kind of press release on the website today that says about valhalla says about enzo and it says pretty much everything we've already just talked about um enzo will be spinning seats and we have no idea if it's an upcharge we don't know how many spinning seats if it's more than just the last ones uh although we think it will be just the last two seats um but also is it going to be a separate queue line? Well, that's it, isn't it? Do you think it's going to be? I think I'm pretty certain it's it's uh, near enough confirmed. It's the last two seats on on the train. But is it going to be on all three trains? Is it only going to be on one train? It, it's the. I mean, I don't think they designed the queue line very well. Anyway, um, there's not enough of it for starters, and it's always overflowing out. Like I feel like they there's space there that they could have very much extended that. Um, and then to if you want to be a speedy pass, you actually got to go a completely other, not other end of the park, but a very bizarre way and go underneath the you know the Grand Prix and things like that. Um, so it's actually really badly sort of designed their queue line, in my opinion. So they're gonna have to cram a, a third queue line into a space that doesn't really make sense with the queue lines anyway. So, and, and yeah, is it going to be on just one track? Cause then the, the throughput on that is going to be terrible. And then that means they're going to have to put the price up. If it is a surge, you know, an upcharge it's it, again, it's one of those things. It is slightly concerning because I've said it before. Love Blackpool. I think there's lots of great people there and I, I, I love it as a day out. It's great. I can't wait for next week, but sometimes the organization skills are, or the, some things are left to, last minute it's not really thought through like it looks good on paper but how is it going to really work yeah it is almost as if they've just signed on with matt going spinning seats yeah go for it and then gone 
Uh, oh, we actually have to put them on the ride now. Yeah, we might be pleasantly surprised. They might, uh, we might be just tarring them with the the brush we've tarred them with for the last twenty years. So, but um, they might have already, you know, sorted out the queue line. They might have uh, organised that it's an upcharge on the on the new app they got. And, and I think their app, although it's getting, you know, we we trialled it for them a few times last year. There's a few teething issues, but I think they're. Um, booking system and app and things like that are way better than merlin's so uh and that's in their first year or so so you know who knows it might be as simple as you go onto the the app or the the booking page for the day you click enzo it takes a fiver off your apple watch or whatever and and away you go i don't know yeah and the, the it is going to be tight in there because they already they brought back the front row queue the extra queue and the way it used to work with the back row is that it, you had to kind of turn right a little bit. And normally what I would do, because I, I prefer going on the back row, really. So I would go to one of the ride ops and say, oh, can I go on the back row? And they'd normally just sort of point me over to the air gate. So I don't know. There's not a lot of room in there. Um, In terms of the trains, I, I don't know. But I have a feeling that they're probably going to have to do it on two of the trains. I mean, they have three trains, but as I understand it, two of the trains are kind of set up for normal operation, and then one of them set up for if it gets really windy or something. <laughs> so they can run all three trains, but they don't normally. They'll normally just run two. So I have a feeling that they'll probably put it put the the trains on the the normal two trains. I guess is my thinking, and then they'll probably keep the other one as. You know, because it only comes out every every now and then anyway. I can't see them putting the spinning seats on that one, personally. I think that's probably the way that they'll do it. So, that's Brett, is sure. there anything um, you think that's coming up in 2022 that, that you're looking forward to? I would have just said Valhalla again. Uh, I don't know why Blackpool's so exciting this year. Uh, it just, just feels great. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Valhalla, always have been. I remember going on it when it first opened and uh, with my eyes shut and crying the whole way around until I opened my eyes right where that roll of spikes is and immediately close them again. So that's that's always kind of been in my memories uh, for, for a very long time now. So I'm very excited to see what they do. Uh, I have seen a video where there is fire, actual fire. So at least we have some confirmed... Image I want to see there this is video. Fire. It's it's through a doorway, and you can see a little tiny bit of fire. It's nothing sneaky, amazing, sneaky, but it, it's it's there. I'll see if I can find it. I'll send it to you later. It's uh, it's at least proof that there is going to be fire. It looked like it was maybe like a, a wall torch type fire, but um, but at least they haven't gotten rid of fire entirely. The good thing is now as well, like you know, it's twenty twenty two. I mean, fire is so much easier and cheaper to make nowadays. Um, same with any effect, you know. Even if they kept most of the ride the same but just added projection mapping all over it, it'd feel like a brand new ride. And projection mapping in the grander scheme of things is relatively cheap compared to, you know, the old effects that they did have. So I'm really hoping, yeah, fire now, you can, you know, aardvark effects, create fire, for, fire shows for multiple um screen parks and rides and stuff so it's although it's i mean the the fire effects on valhalla are huge and beastly it's so much easier to create that now so yeah hopefully we get a nice bit of fire again 
And I think you said, Brett, that it's been confirmed that we're going to still have the ice room and the hot room, etc. So it looks like some of the most loved features are still remaining in Valhalla. Yeah, the most recent uh, press release that they released actually just today has said that there will be snow and freezing mist. Uh, so I'm assuming that they're going to at least try to bring the snow effect back, which would be great because I don't even remember it with snow effects. It was that long ago. Yeah, I think um, when I think when me and Shelley first started going to Pleasure Beach, maybe around 2009, I think I remember it then. But I think the 10 years after that, I don't even remember it every time we went on it. It was a bit hit and miss. Like Sometimes you'd go into the hot room and it'd just have the red kind of colour, but it was just like a normal room. And most of the time the ice room would be cold, but sometimes it'd be cold in others. The feature that was the most hit and miss was probably on the lift hill because they had the 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 um you know the the Viking bloke, uh, <laughs> you know, say welcome to Valhalla, blah blah blah. Um, that bit didn't work a lot. Um, I mean, speaking of projection mapping, uh, Mikey just brought up uh, that that projection mapped Viking as you go up the first lift hill was was some of the first ever projection mapping ever done. Mm, yeah. Yeah, and if if you have a look on YouTube, there is there is a video of when they were building Valhalla, and they'll talk you through some of the intricacies of how it actually works. I, I watched that brought, the other day. It's really good, to be fair, isn't it? It's amazing, and the people, the the craftsmen that they brought over from from Norway, um, and they crafted the station. The only thing I didn't think about is, or oh, maybe it might be a problem that we're dumping tons and tons of water on top of this station. I'm surprised it lasted as long as it did. And that's why they had to change the the waterfall in the station, you know, a few years ago. Um, but it's an amazing ride, and I, and I do wonder if do you think do we think that you know Valhalla consistently has been voted you know the best or one of the best dark rides in the world, even yeah, even when it that, isn't open. Yeah. <laughs> so do we think that this will mean that it will retain its crown and be revered even more than it is already? Yeah, I'd imagine so. I hope so. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I love Valhalla. I've only ever actually been on it as an adult. Like, um, I didn't go on it as a kid. Uh, so when me and Hannah went for the first time, maybe about eight or so years ago now, that was the first time I went on it. And I was blown away then, even with half of it not working, you know. Um, but... Um, and there are better... Not better, but... I mean, some of the dark rides out there are absolutely phenomenal you know forbidden journey um uh spider-man transform you know all the dark rides where you think it's insane you know these tra- i mean just look at rise of the resistance like that's an insane dark ride um but it's just very different to valhalla and valhalla's sort of like there's only so many boat rides indoors so well themed and so um sort of epic as such as that so it's kind of to me in its own little category and and i hope that it you know they're putting a lot of effort and uh reimagining into it so I'm, I'm hoping it can continue to get those awards yeah so let's hope it's more like the mummy and not more like you know fast and furious for example you know <laughs> Let, let's hope oh yeah right, definitely okay. yes definitely Right, okay, so I think that wraps us up for 
today then. So, um, Brett, are we going to score Mikey out of ten? How, how do we think? How do we think he did? Did, he, did all right? Wow, I didn't know there were scores involved to hear. There's, there's a quiz uh, at the end. A good... <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't know this either, but I'm pretty happy about it. Uh, <laughs> no, of course, Mikey is a podcast veteran at this point. That's exactly why we asked him here. I still don't know what I'm doing. I just wing it. Yeah, I know, but we, we all do. It's fine. No, as soon as we were like, hey, Sam can't make it. Um, what are we going to do in the meantime? Who can we ask? I immediately, both of us immediately went, hey, how about Mikey? Because we we oh. love Scare Track. We love Coaster Track. Uh, That's very you're kind. On plenty of, of other podcasts as well. Um, so, so, so no, you, you were first on the list. And, and I'm, I'm sure even Sam would give you a 10 out of 10. Oh, very kind. Thank you. Thank you. Who are you going to call Scare Track? <laughs> Um, all right, so so on on that, let's uh, let's say, Mikey, do you want to uh, tell listeners about uh, Scare Track and Coast Track, Beer Track, etc.? Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah, all the tracks, man. Um, yeah, so um, Scare Track, it's the UK's first uh, podcast dedicated to the scare attraction and haunted house industry. Uh, so we've been checking out as many scare attractions as possible. Uh, we give uh, in-depth reviews on location. We do interview episodes with people in the businesses. As well with people people who created the first ever alone attraction in america we've had on we've had uh, dr hayes from the circus of horrors we've uh, uh, had loads of different people on talking about uh, the industry as well we have discussion and debate episodes we also partner it with our uh, youtube channel we do mini uh, vlog style scare cam episodes we also do beer break episodes which is uh, mainly hannah uh, showing the food and beverage options around both screen parks and theme parks speaking of theme parks because we love them so much we have a, a sister podcast which is coaster track where we um discuss uh, similar you know similarly to this uh, theme parks it's mainly uh, on youtube now coaster track mini vlogs uh, again and uh, yeah theme parks screen parks and beer that's us you can check us out on all the socials search for scare track or you can go to our dedicated website scaretrack.co.uk where you can find all our podcasts all our youtube and merch absolutely everything on there the merch whoop whoop and uh brett do you want to remind everyone where they can find you on the socials yeah you can find me brett jones on loads of social media stuff i do have an instagram page that's theme parks by brett i haven't posted on there in ages i do a lot of like theme park related artwork and stuff like that um i also do design scare attractions as well which is why i know mikey so well um so i do little bits here and there like run terror mountain uh, in Aberystwyth so you can find me on multiple places I'm sure I'm not too hard to find yeah and I think um, when, when you finally do get your piece of track I think we'll do a we'll do a video episode and uh, I think maybe we'll do a bit of a an unboxing although it's probably not going to be in a box so <laughs> maybe you'll have to put it in a box so you can unbox it for us it's a big box but I'll see what I can do I'm excited about this I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to have a coffee on that big one coffee you, table I don't you, even like coffee but i'll drink it to see the see the track you're not too far away you can immediately come over and have the first coffee on the table that i appreciate that i appreciate okay. that thank you on my way fantastic, <laughs> fantastic. <coughs> um and uh theme park loopy um you can find us on instagram on twitter on facebook and on youtube 
Remember to click the subscribe or the follow button uh, because it really helps. And if you want to, leave us a review on the podcast platform that you're currently listening to us on. So that's been today. It's been a really good bumper episode. I think we'll, uh, I think we'll have Mikey back. I suppose he's he's done all right. Um, Appreciate so. that, guys. Appreciate it. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you very much. I think Sam Sam will agree. This is until you get all your listeners going, who the hell does he think he is? Who is this guy? (laughs) Bring back Sam. We don't like Mikey. And then I'll get cancelled. You know, it's happening all the time. Um, No, um, no, I've I've had a a really good time. So thank you so much for having me on. And I hope people enjoyed listening to my waffle. I do waffle on a little bit, but it's just the passion, man. I just love it. Just loves it. So you'll be be hearing uh, plenty more. Uh, from Mikey before Sam decides to join us again from the Americas so thanks for listening it's been great and in the meantime we'll see you again real soon